how to win friends and influence people as an introvert, the importance of finding a mentor, and building a business that goes hand in hand with lifestyle. Welcome to episode 37 with Craig Potter. You are listening to Len Jones Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at trueface.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. What up, party people? It is a phenomenal day out here in Santa Monica, California, and an equally fantastic day to go out there and chase these dreams. It's so important to remind yourself that you are capable of becoming exactly who you dream to be and that the only thing stopping you are the limiting thoughts that others have ingrained into you since a young age. You know, it's crazy to think that as children, we are so happy and full of belief that we can have anything we want, but as we grow up, society stamps its status quo belief system into our brains, making it easy to believe that you aren't capable of making big moves towards your goals. As this podcast continues to grow and expand with thought leaders and incredible humans who have taken action on their goals, you will slowly come to the realization that these people are just like you, except they believed in themselves and they stuck to a system. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold, to educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come up stories of incredible humans, by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life. And second, have all my friends that are making moves to meet my other friends that are making moves to create one giant community of extraordinary people. Now, today's episode features a rock star inside the direct sales space known as Craig Cotter. What I really liked most about Craig is just how down to earth and real and just normal he is. I feel Craig is a great testament to the fact that you don't need to be born with extraordinary gifts to create your dream life. You just need to follow a mentor that has already paved the way and 10x your output into an already repeatable business system. Craig has earned around half a million dollars a year for the past decade inside the direct sales industry, which puts him amongst the top income earners in the entire profession. You'll notice Craig has no negative ego and just as an overall great human that cares about the people in their life is always moving forward. In this episode, you will learn the importance of having and finding a good mentor, how to build inside of an extroverted dominated industry as an introvert, and how to leverage powerful life events to catapult you towards success. Now, if you know someone that Craig's story would really resonate with, then you owe it to them to share them this episode. Who knows? Might change their entire course of life. So without further ado, let's jump into it. We're live. With the Mr. Craig Cotter. Craig, how you doing, man? I'm awesome, man. Good morning. How are you? Living the dream. Living the dream. Dude, when when you when I first met you, you just have this like bolt of energy and excitement, and you just seem like this guy that's kind of has it all. I'm super, super uh blessed. I'm excited. And uh I love uh, I love your podcast, man. I love everything that you're doing, and uh, I appreciate what you're doing for entrepreneurs and and uh you know motivating. That rising generation, man, of entrepreneurs. I love it. So, absolutely. It's the community, too. I mean, it was uh, my buddy Justin Peterson came over the other day. He was uh, episode like 14 of the podcast. And he came over. We, we showed him all through Venice and we checked out California and stuff. And he's like, you know, Ian, do you remember the last time we actually saw each other? He's like, I think it was five years ago. Wow. And I was crazy because that's what social media does. It keeps us so plugged in with each other as if we saw each other just a few minutes ago, but really we haven't. So I, I just gave me a whole new perspective on just our networking and connection. It's kind of crazy. You can literally stay connected and build a business all around the world from your computer, from your phone, 
And you're a living testament of that. I mean, your team's absolutely massive. I mean, you're literally living the true dream because I mean, there's a lot of different ways to earn income. You can start a business. You could go out there, you know, do the typical business, a traditional business. You could franchise. Uh, to me, making it in direct sales is probably the best thing that could ever happen. I mean, you literally travel, your life is a party, you're earning fat residual incomes. And it's really the dream that very, very few people achieve. I mean, you're in like the top 200 in like the world in terms of income in that profession. Did you know when you were like 16, 17, that this is something that you were going to end up doing? Or did this just kind of fall? Like, how did you end up getting on this path? Uh, listen, man, I, I wanted to be a doctor. That's how crazy this whole twist of the story is, is that I used to want to be a, an anesthesiologist is really what I saw myself doing in high school. And I was taking those, uh, you know, health or pre-college classes in high school because I really wanted to uh, be a doctor. But man, did everything change for me. I, I quickly realized, uh, and this is obviously my story, but I did not love college, so I don't know what I was thinking when I, when I thought that I was going to be diving into 14 years of school. Uh, I jumped into one semester and barely made it through that and then never went back. So uh, things, things really took a, a shift and a turn. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I did not see myself uh, doing this, and I think that's kind of life, right? I mean, uh, I think if you just put yourself out there, and you really, you know, you're, you're trying to achieve success. And especially in the digital world, you mentioned the digital world, social media, YouTube, podcasts. I mean, you've got so many inspirational outlets that you can reach. And, uh, and, you know, 17 years ago when I got my career, you know, no Facebook, there wasn't any Instagram, there wasn't uh, really, you, there wasn't YouTube. So I didn't have those outlets, but I had mentors and I, and I looked for people that, was living a lifestyle. Do you remember, Ian, do you remember the, the movie um, um, Pursuit of Happiness, right? Will Smith, remember that? Oh, I cried. I cried hard. It was so good. Uh, I, I bawled like a baby, for sure. <laughs> um, but that scene, so when I, what I would describe my entrepreneur dream, or not my dream, but my pursuit, was when the guy pulled up in the Ferrari in front of that, uh, that business or that building, right? And Will Smith was sitting there with nothing, and he walked up to that guy and said, what do you do and can you show me how to do it? That was my attitude at 21 years old when I got started, you know, as an entrepreneur that only had inspiration to go off of because I didn't really have any other resources or outlets. So, so look, man, I was, I was looking to start a, a company. I was looking to start whatever I could. And I was reaching out to business owners. I was reaching out to mentors, successful people. And all I wanted to do was find out if uh, they would show me the path on on really what they were doing because I was motivated by that type of lifestyle to have options and, and be able to have, you know, an unlimited uh, chance at money, not necessarily a set amount. So you had an open mind and you were basically looking for nuggets everywhere you looked. Everywhere. Yeah. So, I, was yeah. Picking them up, I was picking them up like pennies on the street, man. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere I could go, I was trying to find something. So, I mean, that's the key. It's like, Damn, because I mean, I think I read something about it's like there's like a quote or some meme or whatever. It's like learn in your 20s, build in your 30s, like live in your 40s or something like that. And it's like the idea is that in your 20s, like it's so valuable in 20s, 30s, whatever. The whole, the whole idea is learn from someone who's already doing it. There's so many ways to do it. 
but just learn exactly how to do it. And that's what you did. You found a mentor. You took him very seriously. You're like, I am your pupil. You shall teach me. And then you just took it and ran with it. But it wasn't easy for you in the beginning, right? Like you didn't have instant success. You kind of had to go through the gauntlet. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I was, I was 21 and uh, got the itch. Obviously you heard, I didn't like, you know, college. So I was super, I was the most coachable, motivated, moldable person that anybody could have just grabbed and shown me, you know, really what I wanted to do. So I came into that scenario super confident. And I know so many people that are listening to this, you know who you are, you know, your heart, you know, you know, you got it. You got the heart of a lion. You're, you're, you're driven. You really want to make things happen. But when reality kicks you in the gut, sometimes that's the most awakening, you know, moment of your life. And I've had a few of those defining, defining, you know, forks in the road. And when I, when I launched my, you know, my business 17 years ago, I just, got, I just kept getting hit in the gut left and right. And, and it just caused me to really question my own abilities. I mean, I don't know where you've been, Ian, you know, throughout your whole entire journey, but you know, when you get kicked three, four, five, six, seven times, you really start to see who you are. So yeah, I, uh, I, I, I had a struggling journey. Um, I had a very traditional wife. I got married at 21. So, you know, call that a blessing, call it whatever. I'm still married. That's obviously, you know, obviously worked out, but, um, I had a negative spouse. She was super traditional. She was super bugged that I jumped off the traditional path, you know, of, of going to school and, and, uh, you know, getting a degree and landing a job, doing all that. I didn't just jump off that path. I leapt off the cliff of that path. You know, being a newlywed of, you know, less than six months, I started to take a major left-hand turn in my life. And she had this plan in place. So she became super negative. Uh, I battled, you know, that hardcore. And, and I know that so many people listening, it's either a parent, you know, best friends can be super negative towards what your driven or goals are. You know, mine was a spouse. And uh, it was it was super challenging. Yeah, man, I fell on my face. I was failing forward. I was diving in. I was trying. I was working hard, but things did not click for about two years. When I say two years, it felt like an eternity back then. But you know, now being 17 years as an entrepreneur, you know that that's nothing on the grand scheme of things. But for anybody that works any traditional business or traditional lifestyle, the idea of going out and starting in a direct, like for me, I believe direct sales is the best way to ever start entrepreneurship because you can get started for less than a penny pretty much. And yep. it just is a simple equal opportunity employment where you go out there and if you grind, you can build it as big or as small as you want. But in the beginning, you're not making any money. And for you to go look at someone and be like, hey, I'm going to two, three years down the road be making this much money. People just can't grasp that concept of, well, what are you getting paid next week? And that just that motivates you. But it's also the people that jump off that cliff, as you mentioned, that are the ones that make it because like they don't give themselves that plan B. They're just all in. They put everything into it. And then people that you talk to and your clients and your customers, they can sense how passionate you are about your business, your opportunity, your product. And it helps the whole thing happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can relate to that wholeheartedly, man. It's, and I think, I think people... The biggest problem with people starting a business, launching a business, direct sales, I don't care if you buy a franchise, you know, obviously, if you go and put 50 grand into something or 100 grand into something, there's no having 
having a bad day. I don't want to do this anymore. Like you're in, right? But you know, the, you know, direct sales. Yeah, you're right. It's got so much upside and incredible, incredible potential. But since you can get started for, you know, free a dollar, a few hundred dollars, right? Sometimes people don't take that seriously and they leave this kind of open door in the back of their mind, which is their retreat door. And if things don't go great, man, and they're turning and running out that back door, you know, saying, Ooh, that was a fun little lesson, but you can't do that. You got to stick to it. Year one, year three, year five, and, uh, and never lose that focus of what you ultimately started and wanted to start in the first place. 100%. And, and you have such a massive team. You have so many people that are probably messaging you all the time for support, help, insight, all that stuff. What's your philosophy? How do you, um, how are you the most effective with being able to coach and lead your team? Do you have like a certain philosophy on how you approach that? You know, I learned from a mentor of mine, there's deservers, needers, and wanters in your life, right? People that want your time, deserve your time, and need your time. And I think that that's super, you know, I mean, if you, if you can kind of categorize people out, you know, without being a jerk of a human being, I also do not believe in pushing people away and, you know, making them feel horrible because they're reaching out because I was that guy reaching out to successful people. So there's, there's a fine line of being, you know, reachable, but then there's also a, a, a mentoring or a mentorship that takes place. And if you kind of live your life off of that needers, deservers, and wanters, it's going to really help you sift through your time because, you know, in direct sales, you're mentoring people. But, you know, I mean, in, in, if you own a business, you mentor a manager. You're mentoring people and employees that you hire. So they've got to deserve your time in order for you to pour back into them. This is, you know, this is a reciprocated relationship here. People got to give in order for you to give back. And, uh, and so I think that if you can start to categorize people in those types of categories, it's really going to help you sift on who you spend your time with. Another mentor of mine said, you know, it's, it's always good to be a two minute coach, right? Everyone's got 30 seconds, two minutes. I mean, a Facebook message, it's less than one minute long. I mean, if people reach out to you, it means a lot that you're at least reachable. You don't have to spend hours on end with people, but just be reachable to the fact that, that people feel like uh, you genuinely care and you're not just some person sitting on some successful perch you know, that nobody can reach. And, 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 uh, you just got to always remember where you came from. Amen. Yeah. I love the rule too, that you should spend 90% of your time with the top 10% performers on your team. Who are your top 10% of customers that are generating 90% of your, of your volume or your revenue? You know, it's like, for me, I definitely struggled with this throughout my whole life. I still do today because I love people. And sometimes it screws me over because I love talking and yeah. chatting with people forever. And, and I believe in people and you think that someone's going to pull out and become that unicorn, but like you either got the sauce or you don't, you're either cooking in the kitchen or you're just watching. And I think the more I get older, wiser, more just thoughtful in this space and just business, I'm becoming more real with myself. Like, is this person somebody that is capable of actually getting to that next level because i think you got to treat everyone in the beginning like they are possible because you know every dud leads to a stud every jabroni leads to a homie and you just never know who someone's going to get you introduced to i mean i'm 
like, I'm sure that when you got introduced to this industry, it was someone who told someone who told someone who told someone. I mean, that's the same thing for me. I feel like the top five people above me, the chain of spiderwebs that end up leading to the Len Jones getting involved in network marketing was just like five people that ended up quitting. Uh, I remember we were in our college at University of New Hampshire, my friend Dylan Horgan, shout out Dylan. He, he's the one who told me about the business. He enrolled me in everything, but he ended up quitting two weeks later. And we were always like, dude, if you just get started, you'll actually make money without doing anything. You just never got that concept. But it is crazy. You never know who someone's going to meet and network and, and just communicate with. And that's what's so special about this industry, so special about direct sales. So in terms of your like daily operations, what do, you, do you have like certain philosophies or, or dailies that you need to be doing every day to feel successful? I'm a big believer in balance. Uh, I mean, my parts of my life have been out of balance. And I, and I know that to be successful in anything, you've got to be totally out of balance in, uh, in portions of your life. You know, your family, you got kids, you have a girlfriend, you have a boyfriend, you got a spouse. I mean, these relationships you have, you know, they matter and you can't just ditch them all to go be successful. Uh, because then when you become successful, it's not fun being alone either, you know? So, so yeah, man, I mean, I'm i I'm a big believer in, in, uh, you know, good sleep. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but Good sleep. I really strive to to have good sleep. I'm at the gym six days a week, you know, uh, as, as as much as I possibly can, unless travel schedules are are a little nuts. But you know, the gym, you know, diving into to personal development, even if it's you know ten minutes a day. I mean, as much as you can give to really feeding your mind, I believe that's super important. And then you got to plan your day with what's important to you to push through and accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. I'm a big goal guy. You know, I look at my business week to week, things mold and things shift and you got to be a little fluid, but you also have to plan your freaking schedule, man. It's, it's, uh, it's something you can't just let happen because if you're completely reacting every single day to things that are happening in your day, you're going to end up nowhere. So in just creating, you know, valuable time for those certain relationships and aspects of your life that you care about. Yeah, amen. What's the point of getting to the top of the hill if you're not with the homies and the people that you love that got you there? That's the, that's the dream. That's the whole point. That's why you're getting there in the first place, you know, enjoying those relationships and being happy with where you're at, but always striving to get better. Um, I think yeah. that's another thing people forget, like how just grateful and like their lives are right now, like how, how awesome your life is right now. Like it could always get so much worse so quick. Like I've experienced that just with some health issues I've been battling. And you just don't know what you don't know. You don't know life without, you know, like for me, I've always was always healthy my whole life. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm not healthy. And it's like, wow, life is so much more lame when you're not healthy. <laughs> and you just don't know until it happens to you. But you are someone that's gone through these experiences and they've molded you to who you were. I'm curious, like you're clearly very good at what you do. But is there something in particular that you just know you suck at that you just wish that you were better that would have made like a certain character attribute? Yeah, I mean, if you talk, well, there's a couple that I could think of right off the top of my head. And confidence was one of them. What's crazy, Ian, and nobody would know this about me really, but I actually like being alone, which is funny. Like I have an introverted side of me, but I live an extroverted life. It's really trippy because... You know, whether you're, you're training on stage in front of thousands of people or you're on conference calls with hundreds or thousands of people, you know, or you're face to face with people, 
people would think that I was so extroverted and out there and really, you know, just talking to anybody that walks in my breathing space. But that's actually not true. I have an introverted side of me and, and, uh, and sometimes I don't like it. I really don't like it. I wish that, you know, I really uh, wanted to, you know, extend myself more. And sometimes it's crazy, but if you get on a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me and we're not feeding the conversation together, kind of like this interview, right? Or this, this, uh, this podcast, it's, it's kind of sometimes hard for me to start conversations. So yeah, I don't like that about myself, man. It's, it's kind of crazy, but uh, you know, I've learned how to deal with it, swim through it and get around it to where I didn't make that, that challenge my overall problem of success. You know, it doesn't define who I am and, and you can definitely, you know, overcome those types of things. So that's one. Number two is that I've been slow to the social media game, which I feel bad about, you know, and, and I know that the world entrepreneurship, direct sales, it's so much digital, uh, you know, has so many digital aspects these days. And if you want to build a global brand, a global business, if you want to reach a network, the network of today is digital social media. And it's your phone, it's zoom, it's YouTube, it's all those different platforms. And I truly, I have not been jumping on this game until about eight to 12 months ago, as crazy as that is. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really striving to uh, become more comfortable, you know, on screen, out there, putting myself out there and, and really networking, you know, to the world and doing things like this. So, so yeah, man, those are two things that pop up on my brain right up front. That's cool. You would never, ever think that because to get to the top of these compensation plans and direct sales, you got to be a social butterfly is what most people think of. And here you are an extrovert playing an, uh, uh, an introvert playing an extrovert role. And that's really inspiring to the listeners here. You don't have to be the most social person to make this. You don't have to be this perfect specimen of superhuman like breeding, right? Like you just need to put on your game face and go to work and, and go get social when you want. I mean, you build your empire, not even having to be on huge on social media. I mean, no. I think anybody would trade lives with you, you know, financially and just, just like lifestyle, happiness. Again, making it into sales is one of the greatest things you can ever do. It's just incredible. The idea of building long-term residual income, that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants that. But people just pursue oh, yeah. it in different ways, real estate or, you know, building some sort of uh, investments or investing in startups. But direct sales is just such a good feeder for all of those things. So your story is very relatable and it's very real. And you're right. Social media is the is the game changer. Now, Craig, I know you mentioned you had some hiccups early on in life and you've been through some ups and downs. Um, wife pregnant at 23 years old. Um, that's pretty intense. I'm 26 years old and I feel like I don't, I don't know where my socks are, let alone having a, a child three years ago. That just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think has been kind of like the biggest breakthrough moment for you where you actually truly believe Like you talked about you having a mentor and that you studied from this mentor, but at what point were you like, Oh shit, I can actually do be that person like this dude can be that dude so yeah so when I was when I was 20 when I was well when I was 22 uh so you mentioned right yeah I had my I had my first kid at 23 and well no no, no I was 23 she was actually born when I was 24 so we got pregnant when I was 23 
And so there, there lines up the story, but, but yeah, there was a, a window of time. It was like a two month window in the fall. I could remember it like it was yesterday, man. In the fall of 2004, 2004, my mentor, you know, literally called me up one day and said, Craig, look, I've coached you as much as I can coach you. I've given you every tip I can give you. I've given you every strategy I can give you. I've given you every formula, game plan, blueprint, everything, and you're not doing it. And I, I feel horrible because I don't know what else to do for you. So I'm giving you full permission as your friend and mentor. Look, if you want to do something else as a career, no hard feelings. I won't call you a quitter, but man, maybe this industry just isn't for you. So Ian, that was massive. Then, then my wife sits me down and gives me this ultimatum that, you know, she is not working, not working when she has this baby and I better get my crap figured out. She did not use that term, you know, not at all. She, you know, she, she said, you better get your crap figured out. You better start being the breadwinner. You better start making money. You know, you've been doing this for a year and a half and you've got very little to show for it, very little income to show for it. And so between my mentor and then my wife giving me this ultimatum that you better figure your life out and figure out your money situation or you're going to be going and getting a job and you're going to be just starting over again. Uh, that was major for me. So I, uh, I quickly became a big boy. I call this, you know, Ian, I, I referenced this childhood story. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but have you ever uh, seen Lambert, the sheepish lion, the little child, the little uh, uh, children's book? I haven't. Okay. YouTube it. If you're listening to this, YouTube Lambert, the sheepish lion. And, uh, and it's just a, a 10 minute little short children's story, which has so many cool applications. But in that app, in that story, this lion was dropped off by a stork to the wrong mom, which was a sheep. So he was raised by a sheep. So he's this massive lion, but he acts like a sheep. He talks like a sheep. He literally, he thinks he's a sheep until his mom eventually gets pulled from the flock by a wolf and she's going to die, and he has a choice. Let his mom die, or really, truly, you know, show who he is. And so uh, and in that moment, he lets out the biggest roar. He's got this, you know, massive roar, scares the wolf away, saves his mom. That was like the 30-second version, so you'll have to go watch it. But, but what that is, is when my wife told me I have an ultimatum, just like, you know, in that children's story, his mom's going to die. He's going to do something or she's going to die. I had to do something as an entrepreneur or I was going to die and have to go back and retreat and do something I didn't want to do. So that was major for me. And, uh, and that's when I quickly realized, look, I got the skills. I've been through the training. I just need to have a freaking backbone and go do this thing and not just be, you know, victim to my circumstances. I've got to go attack this. And, uh, and my world changed in a six month period of time from that moment, six wow. months. Uh, I ended up being a, a number one producer, you know, in my company, uh, we were attracting hundreds and hundreds of, uh, business owners in my team on a monthly basis within months. And it was all due to me showing up confidently 
showing up with, uh, you know, the information, like I've got what you want and you better be wanting to talk to me instead of, you know, Oh, well, Hey, I got something cool. I need to chat with you about, you know, is it cool that we chat? You, you got the cookie. You oh, got the I cookie. Got I got it. Or I got Dumbo's feather, right? I got that feather that, that allowed me to be able to, you know, think that I could fly all of those analogies. I got it. And when I got it, it was game over. It was such a little click of something in my attitude and my personal, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, my confidence, my personal confidence that when it clicked, I was only a couple degrees away. But once I was there, boom, man, things exploded and they've never slowed down since. Yeah, it's crazy that when we have these breakthroughs, I mean, I'm reading this book right now called NeoThink. Mike Valor in, our, in one of our recent episodes mentioned I should check it out. And basically it talks about how uh, this kind of extremist philosophy of looking past uh, the illusions and finding out what is, like what is actually real, uh, what, it, what is just kind of an emotion in your mind, what's actually happening, what's going on, where's the root of the problem. And I've been looking and reading more about it and it's so interesting that as children, we're so molded into a certain way of life. You know, maybe our parents taught us or brought us up in a certain way, but those little early conversations have such a big impact later on in life, how you look at things. It's like the same reason why, you know, children are the, the bottom base layer of growing into an entire new society. You change how the kids think when they grow up, it's going to change the world. So I guess I'm just talking about how moldable we are as kids and it just goes to show that you are moldable as a human, like you can change. I think that's something I've struggled with a lot in my life. I think to myself, how the F can I be like him or her, one of these people that's just doing insanely amazing things, a famous actor, a top podcaster, a huge athlete. How can I bench press 420 pounds? Like, what yeah. a, like you just don't believe it. You don't even begin to conceive it. And then I get upset at myself now because I'm realizing all of that is possible for any one of us, any one of us listening. We're all actually capable of doing all of those things. And we're all just creating excuses day in and day out as why we can't do it. Yeah. And, that's what, and that's what I think that people need to get out of these, get out of these episodes, get out of these stories, get out of Craig's story. He's just a normal dude. He's just, he's got a baby on the way. He's like, you know, shit hit the fan and he made moves. He made moves that not just changed his life, but have affected so many other people's lives. And I think that we are being selfish by not sharing ourselves with the, with the world more. You know what I mean? Man, and if you think about, if you fast forward to today, I've told this story, man, tens of thousands of times now, right? And, and you're right. This ripple effect, if I tuck tail and ran, if I quit when things got hard, look at that ripple effect that could have totally altered and changed and, uh, and yeah, 100% right, man. I mean, when you're at your lowest point, people love the victory stories. People love, you know, hearing people that were down and out. It's relatable. And, and the problem is, is it's just not shared enough, man. People got to get raw. They got to get vulnerable. Yeah, I sucked. I sucked at this industry. And, but I knew I wanted it. And, uh, and, when, and when you really want something bad enough, man, You'll ditch your, your childhood conditional thinking. You'll ditch all the stuff that you've been trained to think or that school taught you or, you know, that, you know, you know, the circumstances of where you grew up, your circle of friends, or, you know, my friends were all into, you know, drugs or whatever. Man, you don't have to sit and 
lean on all of those stories. Screw that. Look forward, go for it, and, uh, and only focus on, on where you want to go, man, and, and find people that have that common future you know, mindset with you and not necessarily all the relatable things to your common past. You got to kind of leave that in the past and, and, and move forward. Now, Craig, one thing that I always get very interested in people that start off and they start making hella cash is typically, especially when you're very young, you tend to spend that cash very irresponsibly. I know I did that when I was 21. I hit a six-figure income. You know, I thought, I thought there was money trees growing on my back. I was like, life was phenomenal. And when that backed up, I had a huge reality check. Thank God that happened so early in my life because I feel like financially I'm like just freaking solid now. Like I just get, I, I get it. Do you have any financial advice you could give on just kind of things you learned at a young age making like big income? Yes. Oh, buddy. Like you, you've, uh, you've struck a chord with me because I was just like you. I start making really good money, 23, 24 years old. Congratulations that you did it at 21. That's awesome. But yeah, 23, 24 years old, I started making really good, you know, not normal money at, at that type of, or that age. And I started blowing it on everything, man. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I was, I had $10,000 watches. I had a Bentley at 25, 26 years old. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I was buying a 5,000 square foot house at that time. Not that any of these things are typically bad. I like them. But there is a time and a place when you should buy those types of things when you are established as an income earner. You're established, not I just made some big checks two or three months in a row and now I'm just going to go buy everything that I can or I'm going to party it up or whatever it might be. That is stupid. So stupid. So you've got to be willing to save your money. So, I mean, really, there's been so many different uh, money philosophies, but if you can honestly keep to this, if you can, if you can uh, stick to a little bit of this formula, it goes a long way. And I know it's kind of crazy for a lot of people, but if look, Ian, I'm building this, so I don't have to work forever. Right. And that's the goal. If we spend all of our money, we just got to keep working forever. Cause we're all just broke at a higher level chasing, you know, a million a year now, instead of, 50 grand a year that we were chasing, you know, early in our age or early in our life. But if you can save money, you've got to save money. And if you can put 25% of your check into savings, okay, every single month, you're never going to hurt. You'll never hurt. So 25% into savings, 25% reinvest into your business. Okay. That's another big one. People don't think you have to reinvest into what you're doing, you know, unless you know, you've got, you know, brick and mortar stores or you've got inventory you're trying to sell. Yeah, people get the concept that they got to have stuff to be able to sell. But I'm talking about reinvesting, you know, yourself, personal development, you know, reinvest into the things that help your business go and move forward. And then, okay, you got to, you got to live on, you got to live on the rest. You can't live on 90%, you know, and try and save, you know, 10 People are living on 110% of what they make typically. But yeah, man, if you can literally invest in your business, invest you know, in savings, and I know that sounds crazy, and you could categorize savings into, you know, I mean, I'm a liquid guy. You got to have it liquid because you just never know the ups and downs and peaks and valleys of being an entrepreneur. 
you're going to have to dip into your savings. You have to. It's just a part of the game. But people get into massive financial trouble. I've seen my friends get in tax problems, right? Because they just weren't accountable. They weren't setting aside money for their taxes. All these problems can creep up. And once you start getting them creeping up on you and you don't change, man, destruction happens. And, and people go through those, you know, what could be just small bumps, man, become giant canyons that they got to climb out of. And uh, it's just not needed. It's just not needed at all. Yeah. Learning to be able to sleep on a nice comfort blanket of you being financially responsible changes your whole life. You know, like you got to ask yourself, can you even afford to get sick today? If you can't afford to get sick, then something's got to change. And it's like, I love that story of, I think it was like a bus driver I read once. She's making like 35, like the bare minimum wage, but ended up retiring a multimillionaire because her entire life she saved and invested and saved and invested just in like typical stocks and bonds. And yeah. she retired a millionaire. So it's like, you know, everyone, it's possible for every one of us to become financially responsible at any age, but it's way easier when you're making, you know, six figures and up. And so like, you know, increase your income, increase your influence. But this is something that's really important. And I'm really curious to hear your answer on. If you could have went back in time at 21 years old, fresh out of school, you're jazzed up, you're like ready to take on the world. And you could have whispered three things to yourself. Maybe that be, you know, whatever those three things is. But the idea is that it's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. And it's going to save you just a lot, a lot of headaches. What would be those three things or one thing that you would tell yourself? Uh, all of us have an ego to some degree, you know, and uh, you have got to let go of that ego. And that ego could be so subtle, but again, talk about my couple clicks that happened two years into my, my career. I finally just had to let go of my ego that I know what I'm doing. I'll figure this out, you know, and I had to literally just strip down that ego in order to be able to pivot just a little bit. But I think a hundred percent, my ego kept me from, uh, uh, from that. And, uh, and so ego would be a, a big one. You got to get out of your own way. And, uh, and I think it goes back to some of your conditional thinking. I mean, my, I, I would always look back and be like, look, my dad had a job. He was not a business owner. You know, my grandparents, jobs, no business owners. Uh, none of my family is business owners. I grew up a very low middle class life. You know, I ate and I slept and I went to school and played sports. I didn't have a horrible life, but... There was no luxurious vacations in my grow up, uh, you know, years of life. And I think that so many of us walk around with this crutch, like these are the cards that I've been dealt and I'm just supposed to deal with it. A victim. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, you, you, you got you to gotta not be a victim of, uh, again, your circumstances, your past. You can't be a victim of that. So, man, I think, yeah, ego. I think ego is, is a big one that I would change. Um, and to be honest as well, I would have dove way harder, way harder into personal development. And I don't want that to sound really cliche. It's just so important. You know, it's, it's getting your mind right to where, you know, like if you've ever heard the saying, you know, an idle, idle hands make, you know, create or an idle mind creates the devil's playground, right? Or is, is leaving it open for, for the devil's playground. If you're not feeding your mind full of goodness and, and growth, then what's going to happen? 
doubt is going to creep in. You know, frustration is going to creep in. Comparing is going to creep in. And so, yeah, I mean, personal development, let go of your ego and don't be a victim of your, uh, of your circumstances or your past and don't crutch on that because uh, it, uh, it, it would be big. Uh, that would be what I would definitely go back and change. But yeah, no, that, that ego is huge. Every one of us has a massive ego and it's tearing us apart in some way, shape or form. Looking past that, that's a major key to just getting to where you need to be. And that could even be a micro ego level, right? No, I'm telling you, man, like sometimes you're like, I, man, I don't have an ego. I'm coachable. I'll do whatever you tell me to do, Ian. I'll do whatever, you know, this coach or this mentor tells me to do. But I'm telling you when you say, but I'll do it that way or but I'll, you know, I'll bend that a little bit. That's the micro ego you just mentioned. That's it right there. And, and, and I, that's where destruction can happen or definitely delay in your success. Eliminate the micro ego. I love that. So this is like the capstone. It's like my favorite question to ask anybody, anyone that has had success, because, you know, we're all in this together. We're all in this takuna matata to build one huge, you know, family of, of entrepreneurs, networkers, people that are just striving to live a better life and just expand their minds. But it all starts with taking that first step, that first jump into entrepreneurship, you know, believing in yourself for the first time. So what would you say to that person that maybe right now is working a full-time job? They might hate it. They might not be getting paid what they're worth. They might not feel like they're, they're learning anything new and they just feel like stuck. They feel like they're not fulfilling their passion. They're just living someone else's dream. Or the person right now that's working a full-time job, making three, $400,000 a year, crushing it, lifestyle's amazing, phenomenal dinners, living Marriott lifestyle, first class. But yeah. once again, they feel like they're stuck. They feel like they're not doing what they love. They feel like they're just living a life that isn't meant to be lived and they're just not happy. They're not fulfilled. What would you say to that person that is right on the cusp of jumping into entrepreneurship for the first time? Get some guts. Like, get some guts. Status quo and the norm just tells you that this is your life. This is your path. You know, it pisses me off, Ian. It makes me so upset when people are just like, well, be grateful you have a job. Like bull crap. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, not, I'm not insensitive to people that are having hard times getting jobs and those types of things because, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be insensitive to that. But you've got to have guts, man. Entrepreneurs have guts. And, you know, you've got to be willing to pursue the thoughts that are being planted in your brain. If you're not happy with what you're doing, do something about it. Have guts to act on that thought. And I think people are just weak when it comes to that, that desire or that you know, gut-checking moment that, you know, I'm not making enough money. I'm not happy where I'm at. I hate this, these four walls. I hate this cubicle. I hate this call center, right? Or you've got doctors. I mean, man, I've had so many conversations with you know, dentists that hate their life because if they're not, if their hands are not in people's mouths, they're not making money. They can't leverage their efforts. So, so whether you're making two, three, four, five hundred a year, you know, you don't have to do a lot. There is just little bits of hour here, hour there that you can just get started. It's not like you've got to, you know, make this 180 degree turn and quit your job and be an entrepreneur. No. Right? You don't have to quit being a doctor 
you know, and start a business on the side. So my advice would be have guts to act on that thought or have guts to act on that passion or that desire because the life of regret is way heavier than what it costs or, or the guts that it takes to start something. So you'll be 80 years old and be like, why didn't I just start that business? Why didn't I just put three hours a week into getting something going and then growing it from there? And especially with online and, and so many different things, you can leverage your time in so many different ways now. So just, man, have the guts. Have the guts to do it. Have the guts to no longer live with regrets. The regrets is what you're going to dwell on. That's that's powerful stuff. Craig, man, I'm stoked that we got connected. I'm stoked that this came full circle. I'm stoked we got better internet halfway through this. And I'm stoked that you know you are who you are. I, I'm excited to pick your brain and follow your journey. How can people follow you? How can people get more Craig in their life? Yeah, man, you can you can uh, follow me on uh, you know Instagram, Craig Cotter, C R E I G K O T T E R. It's pretty simple. And uh, same with uh, Facebook. I document my journey and uh, and you know post uh, my thoughts, my feelings, and things like that. So social media is definitely the the easiest way to to follow my journey as well as you know get a little piece of my brain maybe that'll inspire you on a daily or weekly level. So yeah, come follow me on social media. And uh, you'll be hearing more of me soon because now I'm more comfortable with the digital world, Ian. So, Amen. Hey, Craig, you're a normal dude making an absurd living. But you are someone that is, I, I, I believe I can do this because of people like you. Someone that is making this happen and you're living your dream and nothing's stopping you. So you got big things ahead and we appreciate you for coming on the show, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. And keep up the good work, man. You're doing a great job. All right, hasta luego. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.